Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation, Greasy Bear Blues. I am the One Piece Shark. Sitting here, cool as a fan, relaxed, calm. I don't even know what other terms to use. Describe me just being zen. This you got Trev, Chief of Staff, Dillerberg's Island. You know what it is. Hey, man. Chidi checking in in the, in the paint. I'm going to let y'all know. Yeah. We lost game one. Next slide. Send it to the big fella. What's going on, y'all? The big man, Ed Tev, Shakira, just letting you know that this is not how we do it. Let me not say that. Memphis ain't how Memphis we do it. Is like, Memphis ain't. Memphis ain't. I'm about to say it. The remix of Montel Jordan. This ain't how we do it. This ain't how we do nothing. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, this ain't how we do it, man. Since chain girl back to Minnesota, wherever she came from. This, this, this ain't it. But, you know, game one overreactions. A lot of people like to overreact about game ones around here. What are y'all thoughts about game one? Are y'all overreacting? Do y'all have any overreactions? I don't think overreaction is the word. Concerned? Most definitely. Um, now, am I still 100% fully confident that the Grizzlies can win the series? Yes, absolutely. However, there were some things that were like um, particularly alarming uh, to Sharky's name. If you guys don't know, again, apologize for what we'll get to him in just a second. (laughs) Um, But first and foremost, the Grizzlies did the exact same thing I expected them to do. They came out very flat in game one. Um, and And that just talks up to them not playing the game in well over a week. And then, of course, a lot of the players that were out there were resting. So, of course, that tends to happen. Minnesota riding the wave of them breaking the streak of clinching the playoff berth uh, for the second time uh, since the KG era. Um, so it was kudos to them. They rolled their wave. They just came out and punched us in the mouth, um, to be honest with you. Now, where I draw my concerns, I'm going to save the the one main concern because I'm going to let everyone else get, get their uh, thoughts on that too. But um, – Stephen Adams is at, a, is at a total mismatch, and that's only because the Timberwolves are basically playing five out and running screen and roll with uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and they're just getting whatever they want uh, with that matchup every single time. Um, and, of course, Cat is just going to sit out in the perimeter, and he's quick enough, fast enough to get around Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is pretty much on an island when he has to guard the perimeter. Um, so that's going to be a concern. I would be wouldn't be surprised if his minutes would cut just a tad bit um, in game two for adjustments and probably get some more bread just so you could be a little bit quicker to the punch there and uh, move uh, 3J to the five. Like I said, we'll get to him in a sec. But that's all I'm going to say for right now because I know we got a lot uh, to say about 3J. So I'm going to kick it down to Sheedy. Yeah, um, overreactions. Um, I mean, let's be honest here. Uh, we talked about this before we started recording. Of every game that was played game one this past weekend, every game was relatively close um, besides the Heat trampling the Hawks. Um, and so, yeah, um, they won game one. If I remember correctly, this is a seven-game series. Um, if I remember correctly, it's the first one to win four games before the other team wins four. Um, and so... I'm not going to say overreactions. I would say my word here is disappointed. Um, I expected Memphis to come out, and I, I'm going to be honest. It's not me if I'm not honest. I expected Memphis to come out and hit them in the mouth. 
I expected them to win game one. Um, and it didn't happen. Um, but I'm not going to cry about it. I'm not going to overreact about it. Because, again, this is what's called a series, a playoff series. And it's the best of seven. They have the one up right now. It's 1-0. Of course, we'll dive a little bit deeper into all this moving forward. But a, a one game will not always determine a series. Sometimes there are moments in the series that will determine how a game or series will go. I'll definitely talk about how I felt about game one. I guess, do you want me to talk about it now, Cap, about game one or just, okay. So I'll be honest with you. There was one play in game one, one game, one one play that to me took the sale out the wins of the Memphis Grizzlies for anything they had to do. And that play was when Carl Anthony Towns decided to dunk on, and we're going to get to this, a preferred defensive player of the year. And when I saw that happen, I actually didn't even think he made the dunk, to be honest. And when I saw him, went back to him and saw how he made the dunk, and then I saw Triple J push another play. He didn't even push Carlton Towns. You didn't get mad at Carlton Towns. You got mad at another player. And from there, like, it's something to be said about body language in games. And, yes, we are a young team, and, yes, we are not as always emotionally stable as we could be. And I, I promise you, I think that was one of the tipping points of the game, not the series, but I believe the game, because from that point, I did not see our whole heart into winning game one. But I'm going to kick it down to the big fella because he's probably got some other things that are more interesting than what I just had to tell you. Uh, good points, bro. If I was to have, if I was to bring up one word to describe this game, I think it would be humble, right? Um, I think that's where you get a lot of overreaction from as well from this Grizz team um, and from the Grizz fan base. And honestly, it, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want to say I get it, but it's kind of well deserved. Like we're the number two seed for a reason. Like we led the league in number one in a lot of stats that the Grizzlies did show that we were the number one, which was my thing when you know with the with the Grizzlies or Blues. Like how are we gonna lose if we were to lose? Well, we lose our defensive, you know, ability. That's, that's number one. You can't lose that, especially in a playoff game. You can't have, you know, Anthony Edwards, no pun intended, coming out looking like the next Michael Jordan. Uh, shout out to John for that Twitter post. But he came out and the whole team, like, shit, you said that there was that one point where the Grizzlies lost that game. I think we lost it in the first five minutes. I mean, you can tell by the energy. We can tell that the the the, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, no matter what we call Pat Bev, he has input some kind of code of toughness into this squad. We're not looking at the same Carl Anthony Towns that we saw the two years. We we're not seeing. We you know Delo had an okay game, but he's gonna he's gonna start doing his thing eventually. And you know don't give me talk don't give me start talking about again like Anthony Edwards like came out and just started bullying us. So we have to look that we have to look ourselves in the mirror and fight back, which is why I'm happy y'all posted you know the the Instagram pic or the Instagram video uh, with the Michael John Holders video. It's just one game. This is one game. Let's treat it like that. Let's treat it as one game, but we cannot come out with the same energy that we had um, coming to last game. And if you look at the stats, like I guarantee you, like regardless of the hot stats that the Temple will start off, I guarantee they're not scoring 130 points a game, you know, this series. I guarantee you the Grizz is not missing 11 free throws. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I guarantee that they're not getting out-rebounded by 11 or, you know, out-assisted. I, I guarantee a lot of stuff that we saw from play from game one, Taylor Jenkins, who should get coach of the year, is going to make the adjustments. And I think we'll be fine. Grizz Nation, just chill. Just chill. But and, this, this, this game one. 
And look, and despite all that Tuke just mentioned, that this was still a winnable game for the Grizzlies. Like, yes, Minnesota came out, played probably one of their best games in the entire series and punched us in the mouth. But it wasn't like they just blew us off the floor. Like the game was within range um for the Grizzlies. It just didn't go our way. So it is what it that, is. I guess since I, everybody else in, but let me input real quick before I give it to the cap. So I didn't see the first to your point to um, that first five to 10 minutes, right? What I heard while I was listening to the game was swish, swish, swish. And I mean, I'm, I'm telling our other uh, podcast mate, Scott, my dad, they hitting everything. Okay, cool. They're going to cool down. I don't think nobody ever put some water or sand on that fire um, for them completely. Um, for them, I, I just knew I, to me, that might've been the best Minnesota Timberwolves game that they'll play. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Well, I agree hundred percent. And I'll give it back to Cap, my fault, Cap. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> on us. Sorry about that. All right. Y'all good. I, I want to agree with that, but I once saw the Miami Heat shoot like 70% from three in the NBA Finals, almost the whole series against uh, – no, not Miami Heat. San Antonio shot like 70%, like through like what, games three, four, five against Miami that year. So I'm not going to say <laughs> that ain't possible to do again because I've seen it. But I doubt it. Um, then, you know, I don't know if y'all saw the shot quality thing on Twitter that was going around that if they played the game 10 times, the Grizzlies won 90%, nine times out of 10, I think. Based on the shots taken, uh, the Grizzlies would have won 127 to 112 because Minnesota basically made a lot of tough shots, and the Grizzlies made some easy ones. So I can agree with that. I can, I can, I can actually agree with that. And no doubt, uh, Minnesota played great games. So I don't want to take away no no credit from them. Um, uh, I think this is gonna be a tough series. Uh, we didn't get a chance to give our predictions because we recorded before the play in. We predicted Minnesota, and even I think most of us uh picked the Clippers, if not all of us, he picked the Clippers to beat Minnesota. So, um, we didn't ever really get a chance to preview the series. Um, so I actually had Memphis winning. I think me and two, I know we definitely had Memphis winning five. That hasn't changed. Um, game one, I never overreacted to game ones. I, I always thought the series would be close, though. Kind of like uh, Memphis Utah last year. The series was close. We lost in five, but I think we got blown out. Game five was on the blowout. Really, every other game was close. I think game two, we fell behind by like 20, but we came back and made it close before losing by double digits. But most of every game was competitive except game five. So I kind of expect the series to go that way where it would be competitive, but we'll win close games and finish them off in five. But uh, just a couple of game one. Notes. Um, we need to do so. I'm not on the whole. I think most of us think Trevor said it too. Don't yet. Don't be hesitant to do it. Um, I would say go ahead, try and make the adjustment. Do what the Clippers did. They put um Zubak, they put him on Vanderbilt, and they put Marcus Morris on Cat. Vanderbilt is not a He's not even an off, offensive option. You know what I'm saying? So put Steven Adams on him. He's not a big – he doesn't shoot. He not, he's a big man that kind of just stay down low. He don't really do much. He just – he's like the, the glue guy, the garbage uh, guy. So put Steven Adams on him. Put Triple J now. They probably scared that because of foul trouble. <laughs> put Triple J, okay. So I kind of understand it. But Triple J, bro, you got you to find yeah. a way to foul trouble. Yeah, I think that's why that's why I mentioned just like just cut Steve's minutes just down the tad yeah. and get those minutes to Brandon Clark. Cause like that's not a bad idea with with putting Adams on Vanderbilt, but then you run the risk of Triple J 
getting in foul trouble without just throwing him on cat. So right, yeah. Yeah, really, I'm just thinking starting out, not like necessarily the whole game where cut Steven Allen's minutes, but you still gonna play him. So when you do play him, kind of make the adjustment trying to do that. But Triple J, he's just gonna say he got to grow up. He's gonna stay out tra- foul trouble. I mean, he had seven blocks when he was on the court. <laughs> so I like you. He made an impact when he was in the game. You just gotta stay out of foul trouble. Now some fouls or a bad whistle. Some you could tell body language, and not just from him. I saw Josh looking on the sideline. They were kind of just like, yeah, you know, it was different. This wasn't the same, you know, talking yeah. no serious when the season it was pissing teams off. Right. I mean, I was just about to say, like, bro, like even with Steven Adams' numbers, right? Like, you can just tell, like, I I can agree with cutting his numbers down, but he got to find a way to be effective, right? Like, if you look at yeah. his stats, he got more fouls than anything. So yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, I'm not saying completely eventually. Like, I'm pretty sure he'll find a way. Yeah, it's just like he got to be more physical for sure. Like he got to be. We we need that same Stephen Adams that showed up and dragged that Bulls player from the free throw line to his bench to do the same thing with Cat. Yeah, if if he if Steve is playing like twenty two minutes a game, I'm just throwing a number out here. I don't know exactly if he's playing like twenty two minutes. I need that down to like nineteen, and I need those additional three minutes going to Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark, yep. Or even Kyle Anderson, because you get. Or even Kyle Anderson. Which I, I would say Xavier Tillman, but we haven't seen Xavier Tillman. We haven't seen Xavier Tillman in months, so I, I don't even think he's going to even. I don't know, think he in. will. Either. There's no and there's no disrespect to him. I'm just being yeah. honest. Like I haven't seen him in the game. Believe it or not, this will be a great game a great in a while. This would. This would yeah, be yeah, I, I, this would be I a great series one. Because, win. yeah, exactly. I was just going to say Xavier Tillman's defensive prowess, so to speak does fit what we need for this series and didn't see enough time from him but i also think coach Jenkins is again filling him out but right. we also said before this all happened before the season even i mean when i say season i mean this playoff season started we said that they're not going to memphis and taylor Jenkins is not going to cut this rotation down to nine players only he's going right. to look to explore many of options because many of players have been successful for us throughout the entire season so Let's hey Xavier Tillman. Let's give him an experiment. I'd rather try and fail than to never try at all because we're gonna lose anyway. And I'm not saying we're gonna lose. I got Grizzly five, it's the starting five. Don't play with me. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite quotes, too. The you know, rather try than never try it at all, try and fail than never try it at all. But hey, I'm and thank you. Know, a lot of people are talking about okay, Triple J struggling on offense. The Anthony Melton had his struggles. We scored 117 points, offense wasn't the problem. We gave up one third. Miss eleven free throws. <laughs> yeah, offense was a problem. Wasn't the problem at all. It was defense. We gave up one thirty. <laughs> Simple as that. It was like we get this together, man. Energy right. is everything, and, and Minnesota came in this game with much better energy than we get. Mm-hmm. And we ain't worried. Let's get it. We got game two coming up, but NBA dropped some award finalist announcements right before the playoff games. So. Y'all can see on the screen, or did see on the screen. <laughs> Here we go. Um, let's start with defensive player of the year. Since they actually announced the defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart. Um, first thing I actually had no problem with actually winning because it's been a while since the guard has won. So it's just nice to see somebody outside the big man win. But Triple J wasn't part of the top three. Mikael Bridges, Rudy Gobert, and Marcus Smart. Did he get robbed of being the finalist? Yeah, he should have got in over Rudy Gobert. Um, I think Rudy Gobert just got put on just based on reputation. Um, we saw kind of a, the, a slight, I wouldn't even say a slight, we saw a huge decline in Utah this season. I know what he means to that team 
as being a good rim protector, which is pretty much as, is all there is. You go small against Utah, you pretty much are going to be effective. Um, so I would have loved to have seen 3J in there over Rudy Gobert. Um, and apparently announcing rewards before playoff games could potentially be curses because Marcus Smart was named defensive player of the year, but then Kyrie put 39 on him in game one. So that's <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but uh in, in all seriousness, uh congrats to Marcus Smart for winning that award. It's like Sharky said, it's mm-hmm. nice to see a perimeter-oriented player win it as opposed to a big, but yeah, I think 3J should have been in this conversation um, instead of Rudy Gobert. And there's no disrespect towards Rudy Gobert again, but I just feel that Jaron just had a better season on the defensive side of the ball than Rudy Gobert. You, Cap, you put this up here, and you you telling me that Bam was fourth place in front of Jaron Jackson Jr.? Oh, hell no. I can't go. Let me say this. Jaron Jackson, you have earned my respect back for not being invited because I believe in what I, again, I test. I believe in what I saw from you. I am a Miami Heat fan. And Bam Adebayo, for what I know for sure, did not play as many games as you did and affected that many games. So there's no reason why he is behind Bam. There's definitely no reason why he's behind Rudy. Rudy Gobert is just a name at this point. And yes, your point, Trevor, he is a rim protector. Yes, they're paying that man, what, upwards of $35 million a season to protect the rim. I get it. But Rudy Gobert has a lot of great help help defense, not one-on-one defense. And Triple J is not afraid, as we saw even in game one, to go against your best, so to speak, um, big, so to speak. And whether or not I win or not, he's going to play defense. Seven blocks while he's on the floor. Come on now. And you're not invited to the defensive player of the year. This is the playoffs. This is the best 16 teams in the NBA. And you got seven blocks while on the floor, and you can't be the top three defensive player of the year finalists. Now, don't get me wrong. Marcus Smart has a hell of a game. I know I know Kyrie dropped 39 or whatever it was, 38 on him. But Marcus Smart plays some great D. Michael Bridges, Michael Bridges, excuse me, has played great defense the entire season. Those two deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. Rudy, to your point, Trevor, does not. So if anything, I am nixing him and putting in Jerome because he's definitely, and I mean for surely, in the house. What do you think, big fella? Uh, because I'm a big man, bro, this is actually tough for me, man. Um, <laughs> because... Y'all know I love Jaren. If it's anybody that's been on a, on a boat for Jaren long, it's, it's definitely me. But if I was to look at this list, and I'm pretty sure that even though the Suns had – okay, let me see. So they got Mike Williams and Cam Johnson, which I don't – it's like I honestly don't see how Mikael Bridges is, top, is, is, is in the top three. That's just me, to be honest with you. Rudy Gobert, we talk crap about him as much as we do, and it's understandable, but he still averages the most rebounds in the league and two blocks per game. Like you gotta, you gotta <laughs> kind of make a connection there with some people. And you got analysts, quote unquote analysts, that you know only look at the numbers and they see 15 boys a game by Rudy Gobert two blocks. So I mean that could kind of put him there. Me, I, I like Mikael Bridges, but as far as defensive player of the year, I don't see how he could have been up there with the Jaron Jacksons, you know what I'm saying? But that's just me. 
Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about the other awards or not, but we can disagree on them if we want to. But as far as offensive player of the year, I honestly get Rudy Gobert. Um, we talk a lot of crap about him again, but defense is defense for a reason. And the Jazz are still a top five team, unfortunately, uh, with him in the paint. That's, that's just my opinion on it. Marcus Smart, uh, I get, I guess he deserves it, but I, I still think Jaron deserves to be up there, to be honest with you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and Mark Smart is the first guard to win since Gary Payton in 1995 to 1996. So it's definitely been long overdue. I am glad to finally see a guard win. But Jaron should have been in. Well, he led the league in blocks, blocks per game. And this is the first year I really heard the stat stocks, uh, blocks and steals. But he led the league in that as well. So for a player to lead the league in that, those three categories and not be in a top three, that's kind of messed up. But hopefully he's first team all defense. You know that that can be a great you know makeup for that. Nah, he can't he can't get robbed in depth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he's not on the all defensive team, he's that's not first team. Unless, unless we just saw him, unless we just saw them try to put Bam over him, which I clearly don't get. We got two E fans that can you know go with or against that statement, but I don't see how Bam gets a denial of Jaren as far as first team. Defense. No, I'm, I'm with you. I I, I completely no. agree that he should not. Bam yeah, should not no. be. Because of the amount of, I mean, Cap just gave you the stats, but on top of the stats, he ain't been there for a certain amount of games because of his hand. How are you still defensive player of the year, third or fourth, whatever the thing is, fourth in the voting? But Triple J, who played what, 80 games this season, at least Norfolk of 75, and he's not being invited? I don't do that. I don't do the disrespect. Mm-mm. I ain't from Mikael Bridges been locking folks up all year. I wouldn't mind if he had won. <laughs> that wouldn't have been bad. But looking at the final ball telling, it's not. Yeah, Jaren should have been here to Bam. Bam was very close to Rudy. He was only eight points away from taking him for three. So if that's I'm not right. mistaken, I think Mikael Bridges led the league in steals this year. He did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just a little, almost three a game. So, yeah, you, you got to put a little respect on that. So I, I, I can see why. He's uh, in that conversation, deservingly so, because he, he's played great every, defense all season. So, yeah. in every game. Yep. I think I saw a stat. He hasn't missed a game. He since, hasn't missed a game since I can't remember the last time he missed a game. It was probably <laughs> high school when you <laughs> think about it. So, hey, that's why I hope, man. But uh, let's go on and get on to the awards. They kind of melt to the Grizzlies the most. I guess you could say the top three most valuable. Job missed a lot of games. We knew he might be top three. Uh, rookie of the year. Zaire had a good year, but he wasn't going to be you know, top three rookie of the year and six man of the year. Now, Tuke might have something to say about that. I did see a tweet about you with Tyus Jones. You Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, six man of the year. Um, Kevin Love, I don't know how the hell he up here. Uh, excuse my language. Hey, 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 hey. Kevin Love, hey, hey. Nah, nah, nah. Good, man. Nah. Out there, nah. bitch, man. No, nah, Kevin I Love is doing some damage uh, off the bench. Now. Hey, Cleveland, I, I, Cleveland I, I, had a good year now. I, I, yeah, I you got to put a little respect on Kevin Love. Now. Look, Kevin look, Love look. I'm with you, too. I didn't see Cleveland in the playoffs. Cleveland had a great year there in the playoffs. I, uh, they, they not in the playoffs, I'm sorry. But they could have been in the playoffs, could have been maybe next year. But Kevin Love, no. Nah. Ty Jones, people on Twitter saw me most agree. He should definitely have been, in my opinion, the award winner for this if not tyler hero but i can give tyler hero this for sure but when you talk about the memphis grizzlies 18 and 2 without john moran ty's jones scoring double digits in 18 of those are the reason we win the only time we don't win is when ty's jones don't score double digits the fact that ty's jones broke the record for assists per 
per turnover ratio as a backup point guard, it's just speak volumes to, to the whole entire league. So the fact that these quote unquote analysts don't understand how important Tyus Jones is coming off the bench, which the award for six man of the year is supposed to be to the player who contributes off the bench, who, who doesn't start as much as he should. And still the Grizz kept rolling and they're the number two seed for a reason. Tyus Jones is a huge part of that. But did Tyus Jones come off the bench when he scored double digits though? I mean, he's a six man, though. My name is a six man. You know, that's you know that he's not a starter. Yeah, that's like, is he getting these double digits while he's coming off the bench as the first guy off the bench, or is he getting these double digits as a starter? Because I mean, he, he's, 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 getting, he's getting double digits off the bench because he's getting more time to play. But my thing is, as a backup, that's what you're supposed to do. It's next man up. And the fact that he was able to assume the next man up and still keep the Grizz moving. Like, when Jobber went down, let's let's be real, none of us expected them to go the run that they did in December. That should have mattered. Like, <laughs> I think Ty Jones' effect as far as coming in and stepping up off the bench has been more important than Kevin Love's. I damn sure think it's been better than Cam Johnson's, in my opinion. But that's, that's just me. Uh, that's just me. I, yeah. Hey, I I was just playing devil's devil's advocate. I can give you that. I know. I know. I know. I know you love songs, bro. You want to do that to me? <laughs> but uh, most improved, you know, Darius Garden, John Morant, Jonte Murray. This two now, two. You're going to stay fan as well. Jordan Poole. I didn't see him, Cap. Jo- yeah. Where you at? I didn't see him. Where Where you at? <laughs> I, I'm. I 100 believe they got the they got all finalists wrong. Like that, he, he could have been for six man or for most improved. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Where, where he at? I thought, I thought he was the favorite to win most improved. I ain't go front. I yeah, they would have awarded Jordan over over Bain. I would have been happy, but the fact that Bain ain't in most improved, they give they give us one, Chris. I guess. Yeah, yeah but, I, I, but, how, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Trevor. No, nah, nah, you go ahead because I'll, I'll get my point across. You can wait. Go ahead. Oh, well, she let me not cuss. So you're you're telling me, NBA, that the most improved player who should and could be John Moran, who also should be considered as first or second team all NBA as most improved player. That's not most it should be he should be in the MVP talk, so to speak, but I know we know missed as many games. I don't know what the ratio is, 50 plus games or whatever. Um, or whatever it may be, but this is I'm gonna go back to six men a year. That's disrespectful to put Kevin Love in there. I believe that someone from the Grizzlies could have been in there. Yes, Tyus Jones, I had as MVP of the Grizzlies, so I could see anyone from the Grizzlies to be honest. I didn't see Kevin Love, but John Moran as the most improved player. No, he's just the most improved player because y'all decided to put more cameras on him. That's all he's been doing this, he's been killing. He was killing last season too. But like I, I don't understand. I, I really need the metrics at which these analysts measure all of these things. I, I really don't get it. Darius Garland, great season. He, he's brought up Cleveland. Um, I think a lot of that was between it was it was Darius Garland or is it gonna be Colin Sexton? I think they tried to they really found that groove in Cleveland as to who it was. But guess what they're doing? It is Monday, April 18th, and the Cleveland Cavaliers are either having practice for next season or they're on the couch. Same thing with D. Murray. Same results. So you, I, to me, if you're asking me personally, 
that should leave John Morant to at least win that award because at this point, you're just kind of giving us something. And I guess you're going to give the Grizzlies something, some award. Give us something. But you cannot disrespect the second seed of the NBA, the NBA, and not give us nothing. Sorry. You got you got to think, Shady. We live in a world where it's levels to it, right, unfortunately. Uh, we all thought that John Morant should have been, been in an MVP conversation for sure. But honestly, seeing the most improved by Jai, I mean, by looking at his numbers for sure, like you can tell that the elevation was there. Like one of the first earlier episodes, if not the first episode of this season, you know, I talked about how third-year point guards like John Morant take that next step. So when I do see a John Morant hit a most improved player of the year, it's kind of head on head on a nail for what we thought it coming into the season for sure. Now his numbers are MVP-ish. His impact for the team is MVP-ish for sure. But I mean, we we look at the contestants for the MVP. I mean, who are we gonna knock down for John at the same time this year? So maybe next year, you know, he played more games. The grid is still a top four team. You know, his levels to it, um, he, he continued to average the, the numbers he do, maybe more next year. But as far as most improved, I wouldn't mind seeing John Moran do it. I think out of all of them, the awards that the, the NBA got right there, I think Ricky of the year, most improved, and MVP are the ones that didn't mess up on the Giannis. Which was, um, so no, that, they, that's to count that one. They completely messed up on this most improved player. I'm sorry. I, I, really? I, yes, 100%. Now, okay. I get it. Because I, I feel to Shidi's point, I think Jabba Rant is even a final is only a finalist just because you got to give the Grizzlies something. Because I can tell you right now, they're not going to get coached as much as we uh, we both feel that Taylor Jenkins should be coach of the year, and we'll probably talk about that soon. They're more than likely going to give it to Money Williams. I just think Jabba Rant is here as just a placeholder uh, for the real finalist for uh, most improved player, which should have been Desmond Bain. So that's number one. Number two, Darius Garland and DeJounte Murray, basically they had, to me, had pretty much the same season, the same type of season. All-star caliber year, didn't only got in the all-star game because of injuries, and they both were in the play-in, and where are they now? Sitting at home as of today on April 18th. So you can take one of those guys out pretty much and then replace it with Jordan Poole. So the actual final should have been Desmond Bain, Jordan Poole, and you choose between Darius Garland and DeJounte Murray. So that's just how I feel. I just think Morant's there because I like that too. we got to give the Grizzlies something because they got the second best record in the NBA. And there's no way that they should not be empty handed in some shape or form. So that's just me, though. Yeah, I think y'all correct. That's exactly what they're doing. Um, and I, I guess it seemed like this. So all three of those players last season. They did improve this season. All three of them made the All-Star team. Last season, they didn't have made in their career. So, I guess that's the reason because Jordan Poole didn't make the All-Star teams. I, I don't know what – I need to look at the true criteria for it, most improved. Like, because, like – If it's one. I don't yeah, think it's one. Yeah, it can't because <laughs> Jordan Poole doesn't make man. That's <laughs> Besides that, that second year that second year thing, Cap, that's the only yeah, so. thing that I, I've heard about the research I've done. Is that they don't really accept second year sophomores, so to speak, in that award because you're supposed to ascend from your rookie to your sophomore year. So I I I don't get that. And I'm not gonna say I do. I don't get that. When you see the level of improvement that both of those brothers have done, they both deserve to be there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take your time. I yeah. 
because another player on the list is six man Tyler Hero, who uh he didn't improve as a sophomore, but he improved as a third year player. So sophomore slumps happen, and <laughs> that happened with Tyler Hero. So yeah, yeah, they, I guess whatever they want to make it, but hey, we probably will get a award because like Trevor said, coach of the year, uh, finalist Taylor Jenkins did make it. Eric Spolstra, I understand because of the injuries, because we Jimmy Butler missed time, Bam missed like two a month and a half, Kyle Lowry is out for personal reasons and injury, so. They were kind of, you know, they end up in one seed with all the injuries that they had. But Monty Williams didn't win last year. He should have won last year because he didn't win last year because they gave him Tom Tibble, though. He's probably going to win this year, basically. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm not mistaken, well, no, I, I take that back. Never mind. But yeah, definitely last year, though, because they gave that to Tibbs. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that clearly should have went to Monty Williams, but. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so that's literally the case. So, unfortunately, and uh, Joe Munden, next check out the blog on uh, greasybearblues.com. He wrote a blog about this today. You know, it's his consensus. Uh, job will probably win most improved. Taylor Jenkins will probably finish second in coach of the year. And he's kind of dove in about Jaron Jackson being robbed of uh, defense player of the year and making cases and dealt his advocate for both ends. So, please uh, yeah. check that out on greasybearblues.com as well. But it's prediction time. We got games two, three, and four before our next episode. What you got? What you got? Next three games. Hmm. So I, I, at first I said Grizz and five, but I'm a, I didn't. I honestly didn't expect them to win game one. I'm not gonna cap. Um, I do expect them to win another game in Minnesota. Not gonna cap. Because um, like I said, D'Angelo Russell, it's it's something about him that he had a he didn't have a good game. I don't expect him to have a great series per se, but I do expect him to do enough for them to win one more game. I think that one game, he provide that extra spark, uh, that'll probably be like a game four. Um, so I expect us to win the next two, lose lose game four. Well, he basically put, so what they did was, the reason Ant went off and D-Lo didn't go off, because Dylan Bruce had to guard one, he going to guard one of them. They put him on D-Lo. I don't know why. They shouldn't have put him on D-Lo. They just left him on Anthony Edwards. Like, I think Skyler brought this up before, I think before we recorded last week, like Try and I think Savage said it on Twitter as well. Shout out to Savage. Try as I hear on um on D'Lo. Like try to put some length on him. Try to uh, water him just a tad bit. So, uh, but for me, um, I'm gonna go two. This is gonna be two two. Um, uh, going back to Memphis for Game Five, which I'm definitely gonna look to try to be in the house for. Um, wasn't expect Minnesota to steal this game, but they did, and I do expect them to at least win one on their home floor. Um. And I do expect the Grizzlies to come out much better on tomorrow. Um, and I also expect them to steal one in Minnesota. So, yeah, it'll be uh, 2-2 um, coming back to Memphis for game five. Yeah, if anything, you know, we've discussed, like, when it's a playoff time and you're at the home team, there's some other players that kind of shine, not like your role, well, realistically your role players or your bench players. Um but what also I've learned this season is the Grizzlies have done me wrong every single time. This time, I don't think they'll do me wrong because in my head, I'm with y'all, 2-2. Two, two. But my heart is saying, Sheedy, you said Grizz and 5, stick to Grizz and 5. Stick with it. So I got us 3-1 and one coming home to get the cake on game 5. Thank you, Sheedy. 
I'm sticking to what I said. Grizz and five. Give me Grizz and five, man. It's going to be three one when we come back on this episode next week. Finish them off. I would, I would love for it to happen. <laughs> not get me wrong. I would welcome a three one lead <laughs> coming back to Memphis. For me uh, to be in the house for game five, yes, I would welcome that. So prove me wrong, please. I ain't gonna lie. After game one, kind of like two, I was thinking, like, dang, they y'all might actually go six. Nah, I gotta stick with five. I call five, I'm gonna stick with it. Grizz and five. I just pray and hope that when we come back next week, we ain't swell. <laughs> That'll be the worst. I'll be I'll probably be crying if that happened, man. <laughs> oh man, but that does it, man. That was fun. Remember to follow us at the starting five, the number five MEM. Remember to listen to other podcasts, the three and D podcast, core four podcast, GBB Live, and the long view. Remember to follow Gristy Brett Blues at SBN Gristy's and follow me at the one underscore P Shark. Memphis, the art of Trevor, of is a preposition, and Memphis is trash because it ain't it. But of is a preposition. So, hey, the art of Trevor. Yeah, it's time to flip everything. Last season, we lost game, or we won game one and lost four straight. Now we lost game one. Now we're going to win four straight. It's really shitty. Big fella, what you got? Man, this ain't it again, but this is your boy at Tab Shakir. Make sure y'all hit us up on Twitter. Interact with us, man. Just just chill. It was just game one, y'all. It's just game one. We're going to be if all right. Game, if we do this game two, though, we got to come up with a new slogan because that's what that is. It's a bad luck curse. Bro, they got new tiles. It's uh, <laughs> what? Me and me running. I just it's saw who? Uh, I mean, like, I actually want a towel, bro. It's like, if they gonna have Memphis on it, y'all can keep them in Memphis. They got uh, here we go. I just had it. Here we go. Ain't no running in the M. I like okay, that's better. That's, that's better. better. Yeah, much better than Memphis. Yeah, <laughs> now let's prove it. Right, yes, because I man, child, you tweeting all these pics with uh, with the MJ with the bad and stuff. They better, boy, lose game two. It's gonna be <laughs> clown session on Twitter. Yes. I'm, like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to stay on Twitter for a minute because oh, that's gonna out. be hilarious if that happens. <laughs> but until next time, man, go Grizz, go Grizz. <laughs>